I can confidently say that all 26 school districts within the Cooley region offer some form of work-based learning experiences. It's just a matter of connecting. Welcome to BizCast Greater Lacrosse, a weekly podcast brought to you by Business News Greater Lacrosse. We bring you news out of the business community. I am your host and founder, Vicki Markison, and joining me today is Amanda Langer. She is the Career and Technical Education Director with CISA 4, of which probably a small percentage of people listening understand what CISA 4 is. So let's start there. How does CISA 4 service our community? I am thankful to be able to join all of you today. CISA 4 really serves as a cooperative education service agency that helps support all of our school districts essentially as the go-between between the Department of Public Instruction and all of our school districts. And one of those programs, which is what we want to talk about, is what you oversee, which is the apprenticeships, the workforce engagement. Like your job is to get our kids active into local jobs. Absolutely. The biggest and probably best part of my job is working with students today to help them figure out what it is they want to do after they leave us in high school. Students today really are facing a significantly different and ever-changing world than what we could have ever imagined. The jobs today that exist are not the jobs that are going to exist tomorrow. And in the future, we can only imagine what our kids are going to be doing. And so we want to ensure that our students are prepared to change and be flexible as they are making those decisions. And you're not doing that directly because you have a lot of schools that you work with, correct? Correct. I work with 26 school districts throughout the Cooley region to help them really look at what their academic and career planning looks like to help students prepare for that task and prepare for life after high school. So a lot of the parents that are listening out there are going, oh, this is what I want to know to figure out how to get my child into a career. And so explain the we were talking before this about there's two routes, really. So there's how do they explore careers and then how do they actually start working in careers? So talk about what those programs look like. So a big part of my job is working with students to get them engaged in what we call career based learning experiences. And through that process, we're going to start at the very beginning to help students explore and learn about who they are and what their interests and passions are. Take them through things like job shadows and bringing in guest speakers and taking them out and visiting different employers all the way through that engagement piece where they start to understand what it is they want to do. And as they start to move towards that, we're going to be looking at more work-based learning experiences where they're going to go in and more than just the job shadow, they're actually doing the hands-on work. So they're going to engage in things like apprenticeships or internships where they have the opportunity to day by day go through and learn about what it would be like in a day in the job of the career that they're interested in. So many of us know it's a lot of times the parents pushing. Of course, there's amazing career counselors out there. Depending on the school district, there's more resources than in others, like we have in Lacrosse, the Future Center. And so there's just some add-ons there. But as a parent, how can they ensure that their student connects with these programs? So I will always put this out there as the regional coordinator for the Youth Apprenticeship Program for the Mississippi Valley Consortium. I am always a resource that you can reach out to at any point in time because I can always point you in the right direction with who your coordinator is within your school district. So I can confidently say that all 26 school districts within the Cooley region offer some form of work-based learning experiences. It's just a matter of connecting. So feel free to reach out to myself. Otherwise, going directly to your school counselor is a really great start. And those career counselors can help the students. A lot of times 
I think it's, is it required now that there's career pathways that the students are engaging with? Can you talk about that? While it's not a requirement, it's something that we highly, highly encourage each and every one of our students to participate in. We do offer regional career pathways, and it's an opportunity for a student who knows the pathway that they want to pursue to start engaging in things like the relevant coursework, industry-recognized credentials, and then, of course, those work-based learning experiences that are going to move the needle on how much experience and knowledge they have when they leave high school for those career paths. What age do a lot of these students start engaging with these programs? So when we talk about academic and career planning, we talk about that as the K-12 experience. But when we look at the work-based learning experiences specifically, we want them to start engaging in those at the high school level. So freshman and sophomore year should be exploration, going out and doing job site visits, job shadows, experiencing with guest speakers. And then junior year, we really would love for our students to be participating in work-based learning experiences where they're going out and actually working the job site. So talk about that. That's the youth apprenticeship. And a lot of people, you think of an apprentice, you think of a plumber, an electrician, but that has expanded over time. It has. So the apprenticeship program really encompasses any career pathway that you could imagine. And the Department of Workforce Development has been phenomenal in working with our employers and identifying areas of need so that even though we have 11 current industries that we are focused on with our career clusters, they are expanding very or next week. We're actually looking at the education and training pathway. So I'm really passionate and excited that we're adding that one. But if there is a career interest that your student has, there is a work-based learning experience out there for your student, regardless of the industry. Everything from marketing and manufacturing to finance and health, there is a place for those students. So, so when we talk about workplace learning, what does that look like? This is the hands-on, real-world experience that we want our students to have. I alluded earlier that the job market looks very, very different than it ever did, and it continues to change. But what we do know is that we want our students to have the ability to work with others. We know that we want them to be able to solve real-world problems. And we know that we want them to have responsibility and perseverance. And those are the things that we're really pushing in these job experiences as our students go out. It's not just can they do a simple job. It's What can they also learn that are those employability skills that are going to help them succeed, whether they stay within that industry or they decide to pursue something completely different? But it's those soft skills, as many of us call them, those things that aren't just what you learn on the job. It's how do you work with people, really? And how do you be accountable? And so they're learning that, which is many of us realize is invaluable. When does this workplace experience happen? Can it happen during school? Is it after school, weekends? What does that look like? So most of our districts allow this to look really any way. It's very unique to the students. For the vast majority of our students, they're actually receiving work release time during the day to go to their job visit. But we have some students that are highly engaged in extracurriculars and sporting activities. And so their youth apprenticeships look very different than what it does for a student that is solely interested in just going to a career and getting that job experience. And so during school, nights, mornings, weekends, you name it, we have students working a variety of different shifts to really make this apprenticeship program work for them. 
And what are the criteria? So the specifics, the nitty gritty of the youth apprenticeship program is that for a level one student, they are going to work 450 hours throughout the year. So when we say a year, we typically talk about the June 1st through the entire next year. So for example, our current youth apprentices for the 23-24 school year, ideally, many of them will start in June or July of 2023. They will wrap up their youth apprenticeship in August of 2024. Now, that's for a level one. For a level two, our students are going to be completing 900 hours. We're simply doubling everything for this expectation. So that would be for our juniors. They would, again, start that June 1st of 2023, and those students would be wrapping up the August of 2025. In addition to completing those 450 paid work hours, I do want to really acknowledge that with the Youth Apprenticeship Program, our students are getting paid to learn. They will take relevant coursework as well. So they do need the equivalent of one high school credit for every 450 hours or three college credits for that 450 hours. And then again, that doubles looking ahead to a two-year student. What's the benefit of a student doing a level one versus a level two? Really, it's the time spent in the career pathway, and it's just the experience they're going to get along the way. Obviously, the sooner we can get students engaged in that in the youth apprenticeship program, the longer they're going to have to learn and develop their skills over time. But again, sometimes it's not until senior year that a student really decides that this route is the route for them. And then the paid, is that paid through the employer? Are there other funds available? It is paid directly through the employer. So for all intents and purposes, a youth apprentice is just like every other employer on the job site. The advantage is, is that while you're working in school, now you have your youth apprenticeship coordinator, myself, as well as a school coordinator who's going to be there as a support system. So for any parents that are thinking, oh, I don't know if my student's ready for this, the apprenticeship program really is perfect because, again, you have that direct adult supervisor both at the school district level as well as on the job site. That's another requirement of the youth apprenticeship program is that they have a supervisor on site who is there to help coach them and guide them as they're learning through this process. And so it's not just in the age of remote working, they're not just getting paid and not being held accountable. There's someone at the company that is teaching them side by side, so to speak. For each of our industries, we have career pathways and then we have specific pathways within each of those industries that our students are pursuing. And for each of those, we have competencies that we actually want students to be checked off on on the end. And that's actually one of the requirements of a student completing a youth apprenticeship is They're going through and they're saying that our students are at an entry level for each of these competencies by the end of it. And all of our school coordinators are really great about working directly with those supervisors to ensure that from day one, we all know what those competencies are that the students are going to accomplish and that by the end of it, our students are successful with all of those competencies. Yeah. So let's talk about it from the employer perspective, as well as parents, right? They want to ensure that things are in school, that they want to ensure things are being learned. So this isn't just plunk, here's your student, you figure it out. I'm guessing there's some resources to help the employers ensure that there's a positive experience. Absolutely. We provide mentor training for any and all of our employers who join the Youth Apprenticeship Program, and that's helping them with everything from onboarding students, because we know our students are a little different dynamic than some of our adult populations. And so we provide that student onboarding training. We are able to assist along the way with the mentoring and the supervision We definitely do our weekly and biweekly and monthly check-ins just to ensure that things are going well and if there's anything that we can support from our end. And 
Sometimes it's just those simple reminders to our students that might sound a little easier coming from our school counselors, our school coordinators, or myself than it does from the employers. So we're always there to provide support and we're there literally every step of the way. So we're only a phone call or an email away. And I'm guessing too, some of, I call them deliverables, if you will, but those outcomes, those outcomes that the students want to achieve, there's someone at CISA who can say, here's a, a great way to shape a marketing apprenticeship. So there's other employers that have paved that path, then and then someone can say, here's how other employers have used the apprenticeship program to Absolutely. have a great experience. Absolutely. And one of the coolest things about the Department of Workforce Development that they have been doing with the Youth Apprenticeship Program is they have been working directly with the Registered Apprenticeship Program to create a bridge program. And as part of that, they have actually developed those on-the-job learning guides. And those on-the-job learning guides are not developed just by DWD and the resources they bring in, but by our employers throughout the state. And so that statewide engagement has really allowed us to have the conversations of what works. Like you said, what is best practice in this? And we are always happy to share that out. So right now, and you know this, it's all about workforce, workforce, workforce. How do you get enough people to fill the open positions? And so bringing up the high school students, if you will, and getting them into the labor participation numbers is is one of those statistics. Getting them out and working is really vital. And so what are some of those success numbers that you have seen? Have you seen it rising because there is a workforce shortage? And I will say, even during COVID, we were really fortunate on the Western part of the state where we saw some of our partners losing numbers in their youth apprenticeship program. We have yet to have a year where we go down. And I will say, and we've shared before, we have multiple consortiums throughout our region that we continue to encourage and support. And so while our numbers at the Mississippi Valley have stayed the same. It's not because we don't have more students participating. It's because we're able to help and support local school districts who are pursuing their own consortiums and pushing this project forward. So we all work in collaboration to really continue increasing the number of students that are participating in the youth apprenticeship program. And currently, we're looking at over 8,300 students throughout the state that are participating and specific to the Cooley region, over 300 students that continue as part of the Youth Apprenticeship Program for the 22-23 school year. And we should talk too. I guess there's a, a really important piece that we missed, which is what is that coverage area? So when you talk about 300 students, where are they? So the region that we specifically work in goes as far north as Alma, as far south as Prairie du Chien, really, and then over to the Nesita Mostyn area. And then everywhere in that loop on the western part of the state here. Yeah. And I'm guessing the school districts are seeing value in this because they're an essential partner. You can't They're obviously bringing a lot of those students in. And we're looking at that with the connections that we're making between our employers and our school districts. It's a kind of dual benefit program because obviously our school districts are helping build that pipeline, but our employers are part of our communities and an integral part of providing resources to our school districts as well. So as we start to leverage those relationships, we're seeing some really incredible partnerships come out of it. Yeah, and we talked too, because I know in prior conversations with businesses, I said, are you using the apprenticeship or the internship programs to help you? Because it's not it's not just about meeting that immediate need. There's just, I feel, a social obligation to develop that next generation of employees. And so how have you seen the business community embraced this program. Yeah, the business community has been amazing. I, currently, again, statewide, we have over 5,700 employers participating in the program throughout the Cooley region. We have nearly 300 employers and more calling every single day to be participating in this program. And I think that really is a testament to how strong our employers feel about how strongly they feel about retaining our own talent. 
we have phenomenal students and we have phenomenal employers. And if we can make those connections, the idea is, is that even though our students may go away for school after, after high school, we want them to return and we want them to know the amazing opportunities that exist. And I think our employers have recognized that the Youth Apprenticeship Program really can be a great branding opportunity because the more name recognition they can get out there to our students while they're already in high school, the more likely they are to return and to pursue careers with. And those careers might even start while they're in high school, ideally. And I know there are several employers that use the apprenticeship program to to glean their future workforce. To go, oh, yeah, we learned through the apprenticeship program. We're going to keep you and we're going to recruit you before you even graduate. Yeah. And there's others that it's an opportunity to let them pass into the real world, if you will. And it's that branding, as you talked about. So it's not just, oh, you gain an employee. Those students are going back to school. They're talking to their friends and their friends are asking, oh, where do you work? And they're probably saying a name that those students would have not thought of otherwise. So there is that awareness of the next generation as to what some of these local companies do that they wouldn't have had before. Yes. And I think one of the coolest things that we see with our local companies, too, is that they're snagging some of our really phenomenal students early on and they're helping them grow in their own way through the company. So they start in one position as a youth apprentice, but they start with that intention of knowing you're going to be here for this youth apprenticeship program, but we want you to grow and we want you to really build up the career ladder through us and to stay within our organization. And that has been incredibly successful for a large portion of our students. Yeah. And I can say too, that as someone who has always had internships and I need to get into the apprenticeship realm, but They just bring this level of energy like it's just every staff person, every team member has always enjoyed having that youth. And then they go on and you're like cheering them on from afar. So that's fun, too. Yeah. So what makes you passionate about what you do? So I have shared with many people before, but this was not my original career path. And I think because this wasn't my original career path, I learned very quickly what the value was of being able to help students not just learn how to get a career, right? Anybody can get a job, but it's how do you navigate as you make changes? I'm the oldest sibling of six kids. And so I've watched my younger siblings going go through a multitude of different careers. And I, as I watched them go through the process of figuring out what it is they want to do, I realized what resources worked really well, what resources didn't work, what resources they simply didn't have. And I wanted to be able to take that information and share that out with students coolly region-wide and hopefully make that small impact on the world by being able to provide what our students need. And that's just simply the exposure and the awareness of what opportunities exist. You have been listening to BizCast Greater Lacrosse. That was Amanda Langer with the Career and Technical Education Director of the Department at CISA 4. I'm your host, Vicki Markison. Biz News comes to you every week. We will catch you next week. Music.